0: Today I am James Seltzer. It is Friday, July seventeenth. Yes, folks, one week away from Philadelphia Phillies opening day baseball. It is happening. I cannot wait. I'm so ready. We actually get some some exhibition games this weekend. The Orioles, the Nats, the Yankees. Going to be a lot of fun to see the Phillies against another team. I've been thoroughly enjoying the interest. God broadcast uh it's been weird to watch the phillies versus the phillies and to see the score in the corner zero zero one one phillies phillies and you know you look at the picture and you expect an opposing hitter to be up i talked about it before but the idea that you know you don't really watch interest squad games on tv ever you know it's always exhibition or regular season you know there's been no cause for them to stream exhibition games intra-squad exhibition games um, but now we've got it and it's been just delightful fun to see the phillies back and certainly has added to my excitement level for the season. A couple notes. um, We're going to dive into the NL East today. Yesterday we did some power rankings. I want to look specifically at the NL East lineups and rosters, how those things things shake out and how the Phillies stack up. You know, I think the Phillies, right now, the third best team in the National League is heading into the season power rankings-wise. I know a lot of people have the Mets in front of them. I have the Phillies in front of the Mets, but it's close. I think it's really close between all four, especially those three, the Nationals, Phillies, and Mets. I think there's a lot of uh, closeness there. And um it's gonna be fascinating to see how this obviously sprint to the finish plays out with that in mind but a couple quick notes one um d uh it does have a pre-existing condition turns out a a chronic kidney um, disease so he will be wearing a mask um all season long on the field off the field um which is you know good good to hear that he's gonna take that precaution that he feels comfortable enough playing with that going on i think is important so shout out to dd for um for doing that and for, for kind of toughing it out and, and um, feeling comfortable doing it. All right. Uh, I want to talk in at least quickly, though. We, we did go through um, um, yesterday the, the power rankings, and uh, we had gone through them. Uh, for those who didn't listen, I had the Dodgers, Yankees, Astros, Braves, Rays as the top five. I had the Phillies at number 12, the Mets at 15, the, the Nationals at seven, um, and then the uh, Marlins at 25. Uh, Among other things, if you want to go back and check that show out, you can um, hear. But I did want to quickly um, just uh, talk about some excitement about the season, then we'll dive in the alleys. Because I did, um, uh, a couple months ago, also do like a a reason to be excited for every team in baseball. I was just looking over that list, and it's just fun to think about all the exciting – like for the National League East, which is what we're going to talk about today. Just, Just a few things, like Joe G and Bryce I put for the Phillies, obviously. There's a lot to be excited about with this Phillies team. Those are the two things I'm most excited about. The Mets. I'm excited to see Pete Alonso in season two. Uh, I know it seemed like he put on some some poundage uh, in the off season. Uh, I'm intrigued to see if he's real. You know, 52 homers, whatever last year. I mean, led the National League was a beast, Rookie of the Year, all that stuff. So um, I'm intrigued to see Pete Alonso in year two and see you know if we have a sophomore slump, see what happens. Um, the Braves. I mean they're just talented Ronald Acuna just watching that guy play baseball 41 homers 37 steals last year he's awesome um the Nats I'm intrigued to see how they're gonna defend their title especially in a weird unique season um the Marlins maybe we get to see six though this year I don't know if that's fun or, or depressing but um just looking over the list like you know the Cardinals looking at Jack Flaherty thinking about how much fun that guy is to watch Piss Christian Yelich in Milwaukee watching that guy play baseball just kind of you know reinvigorated my excitement for this season to see all these teams see all these players to get to watch these guys do what they do again it's just um i'm really pumped i'm really ready and excited for philly's baseball to be back and for us to get to you know watch the sport we love it's it just feels like it's been so long it has been so long um and so many times right i mean like july 4th the most recent example but you know memorial day and when opening day was supposed to be and there have been so many days and certainly especially as the weather has gotten nice and you go outside on a weekend day and it's gorgeous there've just been so many days where it you really felt not having baseball it really felt like this is a time in life when baseball is happening and i don't have it and it it felt like a hole in life you know it felt like something like July Fourth, Memorial Day, no baseball. Memorial Day, what the hell's that? You know, it just felt it felt weird. It felt different in a bad way, and you know, obviously, there's so much more going on that is bad. And I'm not you know, losing baseball is by far that the you know not the worst thing that's happening here, but it definitely it, we missed it. And and it's there have been so many moments where it just felt like all right, baseball. This is the time we would have baseball. We'd be talking about baseball. We'd be watching baseball, this and that, and it just um. Mm it's really exciting to finally be at a point where we feel like we're getting this sport back. And even though it's 60 games, even though it's not what we want, even though it's not the, you know, the full package, um, I'm excited for what I'm going to get. I'm excited for anything. And uh, it's just, it's time. And I, I can't wait. We're a week away. i excited to watch some exhibition baseball this weekend, keep watching the interest squad stuff and um, get ready to preview the season. So with that in mind, let's talk a little NLEs. Let's go through each of the teams just to, to refresh on my personal power rankings and, um, again, I know a lot of people have the Mets out of the Phillies and all that, but I had the Marlins as the 25th best team in baseball. I think you could argue that the Marlins should be lower than that or higher, whatever you call it. They could be 26, 27, 28, somewhere in that range. I, uh, I think a lot of people would say they're one of the three or four worst teams in baseball. I would put – again, I had four American League teams at the, as the four worst with the Orioles – Tigers, the Mariners, and the Royals. But if you want to tell me the Marlins are better or worse than the Royals, I wouldn't fight you on it. I think they're pretty similar, and and the Royals certainly have a, a little bit more high end talent. But um, the Marlins are still a team that, and, and as we know in Philly, like a little scary, right? I mean, after last season, and the Phillies just inability to to control this team. That that I mean, it's one of the main reasons they didn't make the playoffs was the way they handled the Marlins, and I think it's left a Um, an indelible mark and as Phillies fans that uh, we fear the Marlins more than most do I would think and I do think that the Marlins even though again you know 25th worst team call I do think there is there are some actual baseball reasons to be nervous about the Marlins too they do have a really nice starting staff I mean I like Sandy Alcantara I think he's a good pitcher Caleb Smith good left-handed pitcher strikes guys out has given the Phillies trouble as we've seen Pablo Lopez in year two Uh, I really liked what I saw from Lopez last year dude's got stuff um, you know, Jose Urena, not my favorite guy, but he's solid. You know, he gets the job done. He's As a four-starter, he's acceptable. Um, and Jordan Yamamoto, Alicia Hernandez fighting for that fifth spot. Either one of those guys uh, would be a better fifth starter than what the Phillies have. So I, I do think that, um look, I'm not scared of the Marlins. I mean, I am because of what the Marlins have done to the Phillies. But the Marlins, I think, are better than horrendous, if you know what I mean. And they have some things that, that they can compete with. Bullpen's not great, Um, you know. Drew Steckenreiter is the closer. Who knows? Uh, He's shown flashes. Brandon Kinsler has closed before. Not a lot of guys in there that scare you. Adam Conley is a nice lefty out of the pen. He's a really nice pitcher. But um, the bullpen's fine. Um, Look, uh, who are we to cast aspersions as Phillies fans with our trash bullpen that we've (laughs) made in the season with? So I'd probably take it over the Phillies bullpen, I I suppose, is a good way to put it. But um, lineup-wise, I think you're less scared of the Mons. There are some guys to worry about. You know, uh, Jorge Alfaro, another step forward maybe at catcher. Um, you know, we know Jorge, you know, we'll see. Uh, certainly has the tools. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if he figured a way to put it together offensively, certainly defensively. I don't think he's ever going to be more than a cannon arm, uh, a great defensive catcher, but there's some upside there. Um, Jesus Aguilar, um, obviously a couple years ago at a monster year, in Milwaukee, I, I think that was more of a, a one-off type of thing. I'm, I'm not super scared of Aguilar, but at least shown is the major league level. He could do it. Jonathan VR is coming off a all-star type season was really a, a Awesome, awesome year for the Mons, and we are a high-picking fantasy. He'll you know, steal some bases for you, but there, there's some upside there. Miguel Rojas doesn't scare you too much. Um Corey Dickerson. I don't love the Corey Dickerson's there. Corey Dickerson is just a good hitter. We we saw it on a night-to-night basis. Corey Dickerson is just a, a pretty good baseball player, and uh, I think that was a really nice signing by the Mons. I think he's going to be good for them. I think he's just a good hitter. Um, and he certainly feels like the kind of guy who's going to crush the Phillies, doesn't it? It just feels like it. Uh, Lewis Brinson in center, we'll see. Lewis Brinson uh, was, um, of course, the centerpiece of the Christian Yelich trade. The the top prospect in that trade has not put it together at the major level. Certainly, has a lot of talent. Um, but has not been able to put those tools. A tools guy who has not been able to figure it out. Um, Brian Anderson uh, coming off a really nice year, better than I think anyone expected. I don't think you're scared of Brian Anderson, but he's a major league baseball player. So I think when you look through that lineup, again, it's not scary, but there, there are reasons to for concern with the Mons. They're not, they're not a total pushover. You know, they're, they're not good, but you have to play them 10 times. Like the Phillies, the Phillies have to win seven against the Mons. They have to. They have to. Like, the way this season is going to shake out, you have to win seven against the Marlins. You can't. You can't. You have to win those types of games. The rest of your schedule is just too hard. They have to beat the teams they're supposed to beat, and the Marlins are a team they're supposed to beat. So, um, again, the Marlins, I'm more concerned about the Marlins than I should be because of history with the Phillies, Um, but I don't see how you can look at it any other way. All right, the Mets. And the Mets are in an interesting spot here because... I think you could argue that they are, um, as far as just pure importance of one pitcher to any team in baseball, I think you could argue that Jacob deGrom's importance to the New York Mets is the most important pitcher to his team in baseball, especially when you think about Noah Syndergaard going down. The rest of their starting rotation, you know, Marcus Truman, I like. I'm actually a Marcus Truman fan. I thought that was a nice move to go get him. We'll see. You know, he's not amazing, but he's a good pitcher. Rick Porcello, I'm not a big Rick Porcello fan. I know he won the Cy Young a few years ago. I think he stinks, but he's fine. Steven Matz is fine. Michael Waka can't stay healthy. I like the stuff. Um, but Jacob deGrom, like really, really them having deGrom every fifth day and, and deGrom, as I'm sure a lot of people know, had uh, some back issues. Uh, MRI came back clean, so they're positive on him. But look, even the littlest of injuries can keep a guy to miss two starts and two starts is such a massive thing when you're talking about only having 12 or 13 this season Uh, and when Jacob deGrom I mean that's the point this Mets team desperately needs Jacob deGrom to go out and give them Jacob deGrom stuff every fifth day so that's a big thing to watch so keep an eye on that um look I even with the even you know with the healthy deGrom I still think you take that rotation with Strowman is is a really nice pitcher I think the Phillies 1-2 is better with Wheeler and Nola but then Um, You know, I think Porcello, Mats, you you trust those guys slightly more than Eflin and and Arietta, but not a lot more. I think it's similar. Uh, I think you have to 100% say the Mets have a. Not just a better bullpen, like a way better bullpen. The Mets might have the best bullpen in the division. Um, them are the Braves. Their bullpen's really good. I mean, Edwin Diaz has been hit or miss, but we know the stuff. We know the ability as their closer. But Seth Lugo has turned into one of the most dominant relievers in the game. Seth, the spin rate. Um, he's been awesome. Dellin Betances, the one-year deal. Oh, that one killed me. You know, if you've heard me talk, all of the offseason, I desperately wanted the Phillies to go get... Delon Batansis on a one-year deal. Uh, I know coming off injuries and stuff, but when healthy, Delon Batances, maybe the best reliever in baseball. Certainly the upside is best reliever in baseball, one of the best relievers in baseball. Adding him to that pen is is tough. And then you add in Juris Familia, Robert Gassellman, Brad Brock. I mean, it's one of the best bullpens in baseball. I think if you're looking at the Mets and breaking down where are they really good compared to the rest of the league, that bullpen is one of the best in baseball. So. Uh, again, assuming Edwin Diaz can be Edwin Diaz, because that is a, a real key for them. But um, I think you're scared of the Mets' pen. And then look, I think the Mets' lineup—it's—it's um, it's sneaky good. It's—it's it's actually the part of the team that I think I don't give enough credit to. When you look at it, it's, it's damn good. I mean, Wilson Ramos—if stays healthy, we all know that dude can hit behind the plate. Pete Alonso, are two, you don't know, but we'll see. But then Robinson Cano—you know, he's still Robinson Cano. He's—he's he's a little old, uh, a little out of shape, but. Dude can still swing a bat. Jeff McNeil is just the most annoying guy to go against, but because he's a great hitter, like one of five guys I would pick to win a batting title this year if I could pick five guys to win a batting title. Jeff McNeil, just a damn good hitter. You know, Ahmed Rosario continues to take step forwards at at, at short. You know, you've got J.D. Davis, Brandon Nimmo, Michael Comforto, and maybe Ioannis Cespedes as a part of that outfield, or de-aging Cespedes apparently in great shape. Shape, you know, has had the injuries. And I mean, man, imagine adding you on a to that team. That's a potential difference maker. The Mets are solid, man. Like, the Mets are better than I think I give them credit for, than most people give them credit for. I think from a talent perspective, you could argue they're better than the Phillies all around. Um, they're certainly similar. Uh, I think you'd argue the Phillies lineup's better, but it's not that much better. I think you could argue the Mets. Pitching is better, and certainly the bullpen is way better. I think the rotation, you could argue one way or the other. Um, I think they're very similar teams in terms of talent. And I think is a classic example of what we talked about of, of how teams handle this unique situation of this season um, is going to make a difference between teams, certainly, that are that similarly talented. I think the Mets and Phillies are kind of the same in terms of the way they're built, the way their talent disperses uh, throughout the the roster, Um so the Mets are a team to to be concerned about. You know, don't don't take the Mets lightly. They are they are legitimate, and uh, they could easily be a playoff team. Like they are good enough for that. Um, so uh, the Degrom injury is huge. That is the biggest injury in the NL East right now. Uh, factor, you know, could be go one way or the other. Like that is a big deal. Keep an eye on that, but. Um, the Mets are legit, and it's part of what makes it so hard for the Phillies this year is they are in a division with four legitimate teams, including themselves. That's tough. It's a tough break, especially when you have to play 60 games against the Mets, the Nationals, and the Braves. They have to they have to hold up, and that's why they have to beat the Marlins because those other games are so tough. Um, all right, the Nationals. Um, who I have as the sixth, seventh best team in baseball. Um, I actually think that, you know, as I've said before, I think they're one of the teams that in terms of if, you look, nobody lucks out. This is not, you know, there's no silver linings in any of this that's happened. It's just been horrible across the board. But in terms of, of if you have to say which teams are benefited from the layoff and not benefited from the layoffs, I do think the Nationals are one of the teams that are most benefited from the layoffs Is a team that had to go deep into October for the first time, um, really wearing out Max Scherzer, Steven Strasburg, Patrick Corbin, those arms, the bullpen arms, all that stuff. So I thought coming back and having to get it going early in April and late May, April was going to be be a potential stumbling block for the Nationals this year, but um, they didn't have to deal with that, and I I think it really could help them, so, you know, I think you have to put the Nationals in front of the Phillies. You hope that maybe they stumble, maybe they're a little resting on their laurels after winning the World Series last year, Ryan Zimmerman opting out, maybe they don't have the same veteran leadership there, I don't know, but just from a talent perspective, I mean, they still have Max Scherzer, Steven Strasburg, and Patrick Corbin as their top three, which is the best top three in baseball, it's the best top three in the National League, Um, it's tough. It's a tough three to, to go the against, and it gives them a chance to win the World Series every year, in my opinion. If those guys are healthy, um, the bullpen is is tough. It's not. It's it's Phillies esque in the sense that not a lot of guys you can count on. Daniel Hudson had some nice moments last year. Will Harris, a nice signing. Sean Doolittle really struggled a lot last year. So who knows? Um, I think the bullpen, when you're looking at the Nats, is the big hole. Offensively, they're not going to be as good as they were last year. Losing Rendon matters. You know, they got Eric Thames at first base. Um, you know, you got Starlin Castro potentially starting third baseman Carter Keeboom and today Anthony Rendon is a big, big miss. But they do have Trey Turner, they do have Juan Soto, they do have Victor Robles, they do have Adam Eaton. Those guys can play. Um, I think you're looking at at the Nationals needing that that triad to carry them again. The, the top three starters have to be great, have to carry this team. That's that's what it will fall on for the Nationals. Like that is the national season comes down to how those three guys do. And look, it did last year too, and they ended up winning the World Series, right? So. Um, it's not that bad to, to have your season rest on the shoulders of Max Scherzer, Steven Strasburg, and Patrick Corbin, but I do think that's what this team is. I think Juan Soto is going to be a superstar. Uh, I think he already is. I think he'll continue to play like a superstar. I, he's going to be great. I think Trey Turner, if he can stay healthy, is a really nice baseball player. Robles will see, but they, they don't have the same punch without Rendon. Losing Rendon is a massive, massive loss, and you're talking about in back-to-back years, losing Harper and Rendon. I mean, that's a knock to your offense. There's no question, but... I think that when you look at that staff, you look at the way it's comprised, you look at the amount of offensive talent they have, they have enough. Um, I think you can win any game with those guys pitching for you. So um, I think the Nationals are a unique, unique team. I actually think, like, as we're talking about it, I think the Phillies and Mets both have better lineups than the Nationals. I do. Um, and I think the Mets absolutely have a better bullpen than the Nationals. But, man, that, that National starting rotation counts for a lot, so it's really going to be that. If, if any of those guys get hurt, if any of those guys are rusty, if any of those guys... Don't give them two good months. All of a sudden, I think there's a real chance the Phillies and Mets could could leap the Nationals or one of those teams could leap over the Nationals. The Nationals, I think, are the most potentially flawed of those great teams we've talked about, the top eight, top ten teams in baseball. They have the most room for error in my mind because they rely so much on those guys. But again, they also have three of the ten best or 12 or 14 best pitchers in baseball starting games for them, three out of... Five games you know, a week, three out of five, every five. Um, and that, again, legitimately gives you a real chance every single season. So you can't get the Nats out. I do think that um, the Phillies, the Mets, and the Nats have a chance to be a lot closer than maybe people expect. Um, I think they're all similar-ish in that way. But um, I do think, you know, you have to put the Nats out in front for what they've done and the high-end talent they have. Um, I do think it's pretty clear, at least to me, the Braves are, are the class of the National League East. Look, they've won the division the last two years. I know the Nats won the World Series, but the Braves have been the best team in this division the last two years. They went out, they added Cole Hamels, um... They added to their bullpen, which was already good. They went out and got Will Smith, who I really wanted the Phillies to sign as well. Um, I mean, you just look down the board. I think they have the best lineup in the National League East. I don't think there's any question about that. I mean, you look at assuming Freddie Freeman is healthy and ready to go. I mean, Freddie Freeman at first. They added Travis Darno behind the plate, who obviously had a really nice offensive year last year. But you got Freeman. You got Ozzy Albies at second. Uh, Austin Riley or, you know, Carmango, whoever you want to put it, third. Swansby, Dansby, Swanson. Uh, Finally, kind of breaking out last year at short, and then an outfield of Marcelo Zuna, Ronald Acuna, and Ender and Ciarte, and you got Yasiel Puig. I mean, that is a lineup. That is the best top to bottom lineup in the National League East. I mean, you theoretically, well, you definitely have the best player in the National League East in Ronald Acuna on that team. Um, You have potentially, maybe other than Harper or Soto, the best hitter in the National League East, along with him and Freddie Freeman, Um, Marcelo Zuna. damn good player they added this offseason a lot of pop a really good baseball player um, and then they have so much depth when it comes to the starting staff and the rotation i mean your starting staff of mike soroka obviously was awesome last year for them fulton avich two years ago was a cy young contender max freed a really nice young pitcher they add cole hamels sean newcomb kyle Wright. that's six guys any six of those can start for you in major league baseball and the first fiver have had success in the majors and then they have guys they can filter up in the minors. They have those young arms that they can bring in for spot starts, for whatever. And then a really nice bullpen. Uh, you know, rivals the Mets. Uh, not quite as good maybe, but right there. Mark Melanson, I don't trust as a closer, but he's a veteran believer. But Will Smith, close for the Giants last year, was great. Shane Green, close for the Tigers last year before getting traded, was great. Luke Jackson, closed for the Braves a bit last year, did a solid enough job. Chris Martin, potential elite right-handed reliever at times from the Rangers they got last year. They brought him back. Darren O'Day has had his moments, you know, on the back end, but has had his moments. It's a damn good bullpen. It's a damn good bullpen and an incredibly deep pitching staff. That's the thing with the Braves is pitching and lineup. They are so freaking deep. They have so much minor league talent they can bring up. And we didn't mention Colin pasche who is a Top fifteen, top twenty prospect according to pretty much everyone in baseball who's an outfielder they could just bring up when they need to. He could just come in and play for them, especially after losing Marquez for the season. Then they go out and add Yasiel Alpu for a one-year deal coming in this situation with a DH available. And obviously we know Pre-Guy's a canon too. They have gives them flexibility out there. Um they're just a really good baseball team. They added guys like young Hervis Salarte, who's like their own version of Logan Forsyth on the bench, who's just as good a type of guy for that. And uh, Johan Carmango, if he's not starting, is a, a nice bench guy to have. The, the Braves are the class of the National League East. From a roster perspective, I think Snicker's a good manager. I think he's a very good manager. I've been impressed with him the last few years. Um, you just look top to bottom, and again, to reiterate, this is a unique year where unique things are going to happen, and, and it is a lot of who finds their way into the right focus, the right mindset, and can just you know grab that and run with it and and face the unique circumstances the best and 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 whose manager keeps them together like there's so many different weird factors this year but if we're just talking who's the best team I mean the Braves are the best team in the National League East without question and it shows because they won the division the last years. and and I think the way they're built the depth they have they've got guys on the team who've dealt with them I mean Freddie Freeman's battle with this has been pretty public and he talked about you know kind of kicked his butt COVID-19 and I'm having guys who have kind of dealt with it, who take it seriously. Maybe that's a a help in the mindset. Maybe Freddie Freeman can help um, other players through it. I mean, who knows? Uh, But I do think that this, this Braves team is the best team in the National League East. I am going to pick them to win the National League East. And I think they're a real contender to win the world series this year. Again, I, I think it's all about who's that unique team that finds the right homeostasis within this craziness all going on around them in this unique weird year. But um, I think the Braves are certainly one of those top top front runners to do it and they're definitely the best team in the National League East and again look as we talk about this and I mean, we didn't really get into the AL East which is damn good with the Yankees and Rays are two of the in my opinion you know eight nine best teams in baseball too um, and then you add in the Braves the Mets the, the Nationals all like just quality quality baseball teams it's going to be a tough year for the Phillies the schedule is not make it easy again I think it's unique and, and resp- how the teams respond all that. there's a lot of other factors that are a part of this but it's a tough ride, man. The NL East is good. The Phillies are really going to have to play well. They're going to have to bring their A game. They're going to have to not lose games they should win. They're going to have to win some games they weren't supposed to win. And, um, you know, they're going to have to stay healthy. They're going to have to get lucky. There's going to be a lot of things that have to fall, fall their way. But, um, you know, they go in as, as either the third or fourth best team in their division. And, you know, the sixth, fifth or sixth best team um, in the AL or NL East of the teams all playing each other. So it's, it's an uphill climb, but I, I do – I'm optimistic because I do think the lineup's good. I think that Girardi's going to make a difference, and I I like the mindset that I've seen from the team so far. But, again, there's so many questions to be answered. Next week, we'll dive really into some season predictions, really look at it. What's going to happen? How's it going to play out? In the most unpredictable season of all time, let's predict it, right? Let's see what happens, and, uh, of course, we'll dive into a whole lot more as we lead up to (laughs) Phillies, Brooklyn Baseball next week. Cannot wait. Uh, Until then, everyone, have a safe, healthy, wonderful weekend. Uh, And next week, we will be leading up to a Phillies baseball game on Friday night. Let's freaking go. So, again, have a safe, happy, healthy weekend. Until next week, thank you for listening to another edition of Phillies Today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network.
1: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.